Again, our music community and and friends and family all came to the fore and supported me and prayed for me and just gave me that lift that I needed. This episode was brought to you by The Generator and the Queen Shirley Academy. Hi, Auntie Dawes. How are you doing? Hi. You know, we're doing good. We had such a great time at your birthday. <laughs> you know, the game don't wait for no one. We still carry on as we do. Yes, I, I was supposed to be at physio this morning and then I was like, I couldn't even get out of bed this morning. I was like, oh no, I'm going to stay here until I have to for this podcast. I'm sure you'll make up for it. <laughs> anyway, so what are we talking about? So, you know, I just want to say you're such an adventurous person. You're always on the road. You're always traveling. And I wanted to talk about just your whole journey, how how, how supportive you are of our musicians, you know, just giving back and, and showing love for our artists because it's such a hard time for musicians and, you know, just having someone like you on their corner is just always amazing. So I just wanted to talk about your journey. I grew up in a small town called Tiaroha down in the Thames Valley and I moved to Auckland when I was 18. And I lived with my auntie and uncle for six months and then I went out on my own and I lived in Greyland. And then I lived in I moved from Greyland to Mount Wellington. I was in Greyland when I was working at Cordovas. And then I moved to Mount Wellington. And so I lived in Pamir, Mount Wellington for uh, I moved out of Mount Wellington to West, and I've been out West ever since. Um, So I'm not a musician. I don't sing. I don't play any instruments, and I can't can't actually hold a note. In fact, I was told 30-something years ago by a little five-year-old, don't sing your flat. (laughs) But in saying that, I love music. Music has, for me, been a healing thing with all the things I've been through over my life. Um, The passing of my late husband. The next day I went to a festival because music is the one that heals me. And um, so back in the 80s, I worked in the clubs and the pumps and I met Artie Jar when they first started. I met Herbs when they just released their first album um, and through working in those clubs, listening to music, that's what that's what's done it for me when I've been down, when I've been out, you know, down and out, music is what's picked me up. And so by supporting our New Zealand artists and our overseas ones that come to visit our shores, that's me giving back to them for the healing they've done for me. Does that make sense? Mm. Yeah. There's some talented people in New Zealand and if we don't go and support them, they're not going to they're not going to progress. They're not going to be they're gonna think nobody cares. Mm. And we care about them. So we go and support them, even if it means travelling to the ends of the earth to do so. Mm. I, I don't I don't have a role. I, I I mean, I do a bit of ticket selling for 
the One Love Festival online. I do ticket sales. I used to do the hard copy sales for them. For me, it's just about encouraging people to come along and support our artists. So I'll post up about it and somebody will see it and go, oh, my gosh, I want to go to that. You know, like I don't have a role as such, but everybody knows, well, everybody, I want to say everybody, but I'm not that famous. (laughs) People know who I am and then they come to see me or to see the artist. They're like, oh, well, you know, she must know that somebody's in town. Uh, And and that's not blowing my own trumpet, but people just kind of come, which mm. is which is good for our artists, eh? Mm. So, mm. yeah, totally. Because, like, yeah, I, I don't know, but I don't question because to me as an artist, we love it. We love seeing people just helping out and and supporting artists because. It's really hard doing it on your own. Like for myself as as a independent artist, I don't I've never really had that kind of like support other than the people that are around you or people that are part of an event that I'm involved in. Otherwise, it's all independent. And when we yeah. see people like yourself stepping up and just doing it because you love it and you love the musos, it's amazing. It's so amazing. I want, like I said, I mean, it's music's been a healer for me. Um, I've been through some pretty shit times during my life, and the most recent one is my cancer battle. And I swear to God, if I didn't have music with me, getting through that, it would be, yeah, I don't think I'm, well, not just music, but my music family, mm. you know, the ones that have supported me financially over this journey yeah my music family have supported me in my time of need but I guess it's uh it's such a a close family our New Zealand musicians we are a close family um and to be honest I think of some of them more than I do think of our own family just yeah I'm not close with a lot of my family members, blood family members, all my husband's family members. But our musicians have stood up when I've needed them. And, and oh, it's so hard to explain it. Yeah, I understand. I totally yeah. understand. Yeah. Um, I totally get it. Most of my friends have been there for me more than some of the family members that I have. Exactly that. Exactly. And I mean, this this co-papa that I'm I'm wearing this t-shirt for. It's it's a co-papa that's really dear to me. Like I've lost so many friends and family through suicide, and so this this one is uh, East Coast based. Um, my mate from Gisborne helps run it, and they're always on the call out for any bands that want to join. Unfortunately, they don't have a big budget for it, but it's a once a year gold coin donation for the public to go to. Mm. And um, and it is to make the children of the coast aware of the whole suicide thing, that it's okay to talk, mm. it's okay to speak out. Um they had a spate of suicides down there, and that's what started this this co-papa. 
Um, one thing that's upset me a little bit is the number of musicians who sing about suicide because they've had experience, but we've called out to them to see if they'll come on board for this and not had a big response. So if anyone's out there listening, in December this year, we're still looking for some artists for that for this year. Okay. So, and Gisborne? Yeah, oh, it's, it's down in Tolaga, I think, this year. They, they do different spots down the coast okay. each year. So, yeah, if there's anyone that wants to link up with yeah. some more information. Well, definitely. If you want to join this co-papa, let me know. Can I just add, you know, I've, I'm actually someone that was quite suicidal growing up. You know, even yeah. even not recently, but, like, I still have tendencies of having those thoughts. Yep. I think, you know, we all go through those struggles. And, yeah, I've been there. Mm. I've been there. When we get off this, because I'll, I'll get in touch with my mate and see whether he does need an MC. If he does need some artists in up for this year. Yeah. Um, like I said, their budget's not great. They look... Oh. They run on a limited budget and call on a lot of koha for their mm. thing, but it's for it's the purpose it's for. I think it's justified. Yeah, especially now after all the flooding down the coast, there'll be a lot of dis- desperate people down there, and mm. yeah, I mean we're all going through tough times and and things, um, and some of our artists can't afford to work for free or for a, a small donation, mm. but. Again, it's it's the whole giving back. If you give back to your community, then good things are going to come, isn't it? I hey. out. Yes, I, I I absolutely agree, and I think it's so important that we balance that. You know, as you know, entrepreneurs, it's so important for us to balance that fifty percent community, fifty percent business. Yeah, because. You know, like me and you, we're probably 100% community. <laughs> you know, if we put so much into community all week, all year, yeah. and not get anything, fair enough. I mean, we have to eat as well. But there are, yeah. you know, I always tell your young people, when you do do a free show, that's an opportunity to open up five extra shows because there'll be someone in the audience that yep. might see you and wanna want you to perform at their birthday, their weddings. And that's how I started. I was prepared and I had another job. So I had three other jobs lined up because mm-hmm. I knew I wasn't expecting millions of dollars you know, <laughs> from the music scene. And you're right. Some established musicians in, in New Zealand, they think that they scoff at the whole exposure thing. And, yep, exposure doesn't put food on the table, but the spo- exposure does let the next person know how good you are and might put more than food on the table. Does that make sense? Yeah, I love that. You know, I think we need to raise awareness around that because I'm one of those people that got tired of doing free shows at one time and I put a post up, you know, um, I've had enough exposure. I don't need any more exposure. I'm good, (laughs) you know. And Yeah. And And what about the kids underneath you, the ones coming up? who might need exposure, but they also need a mentor to get them that exposure. Mm. 
Well, that's that's yeah. why I started the whole Performing Arts Pathways program. It can yeah. be quite hard, like, and sometimes wins doesn't cover everything, and not everyone. Oh, I know. Tell me about it. Just not being able to make ends meet, and it is yeah. hard. Um, but you yeah. know, yeah, you're right. You know, giving those young people those opportunities has been a blessing. I I believe that every person has a right to eat and, and live and live their best life. And if that means that you have to charge mega dollars to do that, so be it. But you should also remember who brought you up, who, who you know, where, do, where you started. You didn't start as a top New Zealand artist. You started at the bottom. And, yep, you've worked your way to the top, but without people supporting you, you wouldn't be there. They work hard. I mean, our artists do work hard to get to the top. But, again, they shouldn't forget where they came from. Like, I, I do work for the One Love Festival, and I have so much admiration for Pato because he is one man that started at the bottom, made it to the top, but doesn't forget his roots. You know what I mean? He has never forgotten picking kiwi fruit and having to do those sorts of jobs to to get to where he got to later on. I love music. I, I love, like I said at the beginning, I love music. Music has healed me. And if I can give back just by being there and supporting them, whether it's somebody standing on a street corner singing, I'll stand and, and support them. If it's if it's a fully blown band, I'll go and support it. If it yeah. So that's awesome. So we're gonna talk about your journey with ovarian cancer. Um, can you take us through what that whole journey was like, you know, the whole experience and what are some of the implications and irritations that you encountered? Okay, so I was feeling fit. I, I didn't know there was anything wrong with me. Ovarian cancer isn't something that's randomly tested for, um, unlike the um, prostate cancers. There's no awareness of ovarian cancer. You, you know, they have the bowel cancer screening, they have the breast cancer testing, all these things, but they don't do anything as such for ovarian cancer. And in June of last year, I woke up in the morning with indigestion. I had previously been out the night before supporting a band. And, um, well, I didn't know it was indigestion. I thought I was having a heart attack. And I went to the hospital. It turned out it was indigestion. And indigestion is one of the signs of ovarian cancer. Um, but they did all these scans to test me, to check my heart and lungs because they thought I might be having a heart attack. And they saw something. And it turned out when I went back for a further scan three weeks later that the something was cancer. Mm. Uh, if I hadn't had that indigestion the morning before, you know, that morning, I would never have known. And I might not be sitting here talking to you today because it was an acute and severe um, form of cancer, fast spreading. Um, 
And yeah, so within my treatment's been amazing. Um, within a week of being told that they'd seen something and had the blood tests, and I was in for a biopsy. Within a month, I was in having my first round of chemo because it was such a serious one, because it was acute, because it was fast spreading. They got me on, got onto me straight away. Um, and yeah, so by the end of August, from the end of July, when I had my second scan and confirmed it, the biopsy on the 6th of August, 28th of August, I had my first round of chemo. So I had three rounds of chemo, one a month. Um, each one lasted between four to six hours. And then I had surgery. And that surgery, they cut me from the breastbone down to my vagina. And they removed anything that was visible still. Um, fortunately, the chemo had removed most of the stuff that was in my stomach lining. And so there was only a little bit that needed to be cut out. They found two more tumours on my small bowel that were showing when I first got diagnosed. So they chopped them out um, and they removed all my girly bits surgically. So everything is gone. So you can't um, pee? Oh, yeah, I can pee. I mean... Total hysterectomy, so ovaries, uterus, oh. um, cervix, all of that. Wow. I can't ever have kids again, even though I'm 60. Can you have sex? <laughs> um, apparently, yes, but I've just got to find a man first. There's a problem, <laughs> There's a problem with that. I don't have the man to go with it. <laughs> anyway, I mean... <laughs> no, no comment. Um, why do you think I go to all the clubs and gigs? Come on. <laughs> Oh, girl, that, that's the worst place to get a booty call, mate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. There's some honeys out there. But anyway, moving on. <laughs> anyway, leave, can we leave this one out? <laughs> <laughs> no, because we need some juice. <laughs> anyway, back, on now. Back, back on the cancer journey. <laughs> back on the cancer journey. So anyway, they, they chopped those out and then... I had to go for three more rounds of chemo, and which is one a month. And then in February, yep, February the 14th, I had my last session of uh, chemo. And following that, I've been told I, they've got everything. So there's no further signs of the cancer at this stage, touch wood. I know I'm in remission for five years. If it comes back, it comes back. There is the potential for it to come back. Mm. Um, hopefully not. We're praying that it will not. The, um, the chemo, I was on the strongest doses you could possibly get. Um, and for three days afterwards, I'd be fine. And then the next week, I'd just be a write-off. I couldn't get, I'd get from my bed to my lounge chair and just sit there. Couldn't move wanted to spew up, wanted to curl up and die, pretty much. It was like 
the cure is worse than the complaint because I, yeah, it just was ugly. For, and that would last for about four or five days. Didn't want to eat, didn't want to, you know, constipation, um, all of that. And then it would kind of come right again. It was just four, three or four days every month. Almost like some people when they're going through their periods, I guess. But, yeah, just, it was ugly. Couldn't cook, couldn't drive anywhere, couldn't face life on the outside. So those are the irritations. Look at that weather out there. We side. I know, right? There's no... Well, there's a few clouds, but not many. Can you see me? Yes, I can. Oh, that's so much better. Ah, look at that. Stunning background. Stunning. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so you did feel like you were dying and it was really hard for you. I mean, I can't imagine. I I was doing the whole positivity thing, but at the same time, I'm like, how can I be positive when this is killing me? (laughs) But, um, again... Our music community and and friends and family all came to the fore and supported me and prayed for me and just gave me that lift that I needed to drag myself through that whole process. So, yeah. And it was hard because it was during COVID. It, It was during COVID as well. So having to rely on my kids or my daughter particularly to do things for me, like to go shopping. I couldn't even go shopping. I couldn't couldn't get out the door. I couldn't walk. Auntie Tang, thank God for Auntie Tang. You know, she supported has supported me through this journey a lot. But my daughter and my son, sometimes my son, but particularly my daughter has been my godsend um, to help me get through. You're so resilient. Like, even, you know what was crazy? After while you were still recovering, you came out to the Tanel concert. Yeah. I was like, what? You just, like, how were you able to just get better and then get back on it? I went to LAB at Western Springs. It was a fabulous day until right at the end where I got squashed up against the barriers because so many people were there. And so I had to leave. Uh, well, I didn't leave completely. I went to the St. John's tent because I was I was struggling with my mm-hmm. breathing. Yeah, and it's been one of the biggest challenges is, is the the breathing difficulties that have come out of this. Mm-hmm. Um, some of it because of the weight gain that's happened because of the steroids I'm on. Um, steroids are on because I the tumours that they found. Mm. In, when they were doing the surgery, yeah, they kept them out, but I'm not completely they're at high risk of coming back. Mm. So I'm still on chemotherapy tablets. Chemo is, oh, God. I didn't find it too bad going through it. Like some people really, really suffer. And so I don't want to lighten it by saying it was, it was easy. It wasn't easy finding the veins every time I had to go in there and 
Um, I mean, I slept through 90% of it because you're just sitting in a room with, and where they put you sometimes, that is, um, there's no Wi-Fi coverage, so can't play on your phone, can't do Facebook updates, can't do anything. So, yeah, it was, it was, it's not the most pleasant experience and I wouldn't recommend it for anybody. My, I baked a cake for my, I, I call this girl my daughter. She's one of the kids that we've spent a lot of time with when she was growing up and her mum passed away years ago and she was coming to visit me. So I baked a cake for her. And she was sitting there eating the cake and she was like, oh, my God, what's this? And it was a piece of my hair and it started falling out and I didn't realise it was in the cake. So so that cake went in the bin and um, I called my friend who's a hairdresser and I said, I don't want this to fall out and be all over the, I mean, Alicia was combing it out in handfuls after that. And then I, I rang my friend Kylie, who's a singer, by the way, and got her to come out and she shaved my head. We went live with it. She shaved it to mold and I loved it. I, I quite like the, the hair now as well, like to this mm. length. You so short hair. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I never thought I would, but I'm quite happy with it, so I'm going to keep it short. Yeah. Did you have to – did you take any sort of supplements or hair, like biotin or – because, like, I'm at the stage where I'm – I don't even know if I have cancer or what. I don't think I do, but I feel like I'm losing hair as well, and I know that a lot of women lose hair anyway. The, just hair, to- the hair loss isn't usually from the cancer. The hair loss is from the chemotherapy. So you may be losing hair because you're getting older, darling. Oh, jeez. I'm cutting that part out. <laughs> could be the, the amount of times you've treated your hair over the years, you know, like as in dying it, whatever, mm. whatever, mm. can cause hair loss. Yeah. Age. It's an age thing. We lose hair. My daughter's losing hair just because she's turning, you know, as we age, you brush your hair, it falls out. Mm, yeah, they say 100 here a day you lose. If you're in fear of anything like that, go to your doctor, Get ask for scans, ask for tests because it, it's a blood test that will tell them. Mm. But in saying that, like I said, that if, if I didn't have chemo, I wouldn't have lost my hair. It's the drugs and the chemotherapy. It's toxic. I've just been to my doctor the other day because I'm now getting rashes from the the tablets that I'm taking to try and keep the cancer at bay has caused a rash. And he said, it's it's the drugs you've had are highly toxic. Mm. So that's what causes your hair to fall out. That's what causes the rashes in the um, everything else. Irrit- so Irritations. The irritations, so... That's yeah. so good. I'm so glad you cleared that. I'm glad you mentioned that because there's a lot of us who don't who know about cancer, but we don't know exactly yeah. how it works. We don't know how chemo works. We don't know what you go through. And I mean, my cousin in Australia, he got diagnosed with cancer the 
while I was going through it. Um, and he was going to refuse treatment. And I said to him, because it might make you sick for a while, but it may cure you, you know, not cure you, but it, it depends. He's like, oh, I don't want to be sick. Uh, I, I don't want to have a poor quality of life. And I said, isn't having a poor quality of life for a short time better than having no life for a long time? If you don't take that treatment, you're going to die. If you do take it, at least you're giving yourself a half a chance. Mm. Hey. Mm. So he ended up having his treatment four months, I think, when he was diagnosed, but he's still with us. So hopefully he will come through it. I, I don't know. Mm. He reaches out to me every now and then, and I've got a couple of people who are on cancer, different cancer journeys, who have reached out to me since I did my little blog. Mm. Um, because yeah, there's good days and bad days, and if you don't have someone to talk to, if you've got someone to talk to that's on a same or similar journey, it makes it a little bit easier. Mm. Um, I didn't have anyone for myself to talk to other than my mum and my kids because I didn't know anyone else that was going through the same thing. But I had a lot of people reach out to me, breast cancer, lung cancer, different cancers to what I have. But, I mean, one of my bosses, his his mother passed away of ovarian cancer. I had so many people say to me, oh, my God, it's so good that you've beaten it because so-and-so died of the same Cancer, ovarian cancer. Mm. And, yeah, um, that's probably because they didn't get it caught quick enough. Mm. I was so lucky. I was so, so lucky that I got it found when I did. Otherwise, I wouldn't be here now. But that's the sacrifice you have to you have to make, hey? Like, that's the sort of decision. Do you want to keep your hair or... Lose a hair a bit, but stay alive. It's that decision. Yeah. Yep. And and for me, I was like, oh my god, I don't want to lose my hair. I don't want to lose my hair. But like all the wigs and things that are, are well, I got recommended don't buy a wig because a wig you have to do all the same as if you have normal hair. Whereas with the head coverings, which are so nice these days, the scarves and that that are available. And you don't have to pay for them because the Cancer Society, well, not the Cancer Society, the uh, Ministry of Health covers the cost um, for the headpieces. And they're so pretty. So, yeah. That's interesting. Well, I'm glad you shared that. Um, if you're ever in fear, like I said, just go to your doctors. It's a simple blood test. It's a, a blood test. And if they have... Um, any doubts, then you can go for a scan. Ask them for a spot. If that blood test shows even the, the slightest elevation in certain levels, then they will recommend a scan. So, I mean, my doctor was fabulous. He's He's been my GP for 27 years. He rang me. He finishes work at 5 o'clock most days. 
Mm. When I got the phone call at 5.30 in the evening from him, I knew there was something wrong. You know, like he's ringing me after hours to tell me that I have to go for more tests because things weren't looking good. And then he rings me. He was almost in tears himself mm. um, to, to tell me you need to go to the hospital, you know. The hospital's going to ring you. Mm. You need to do this and you need to do it. And, and I'm like, oh, wow, okay, it must be serious if he's ringing me at this time of day. Mm. So, yeah, it was a bit of, like I said, I was running around. The, I was at work on a 12-hour shift when, he, when they rang me. And I'm like, he's like, what are you doing at work? Most normal most normal people, most other people could would probably be sick and in bed and showing symptoms because it's too late. They found it too late, but I was lucky. They found it when they did. Mm. So, oh, totally. Yeah. yeah, somebody was somebody somewhere was looking out for me. No, yes, I mm. believe so. Yes. Well, we're gonna we're gonna jump back to the music to finish our Talanoa. Um, out of all the artists, out of all the shows you've been to, which was your favorite, ultimate favorite show that you've ever been to in New Zealand? Oh come on! Now that's that's just a dumb question because hello, <laughs> it has to be LAB. <laughs> <laughs> Aside from LAB, I, I I can't. No, well. LAB have made a name for themselves, but I was there when they started in 2017. Um, I can't have a favourite because I love all of them. Like Herbs, I've been around for 35 years. Artija, I've been around for 35 years. They're all, you know, um, Ryan and Betty Ann, they're like, they're icons in the industry now. Um, some of them are actual, like Herbs, some of London, and Dilworth, and them. They're, they're family to us now. Like, I'll go and have a cup of coffee with Tama on a Sunday just because he's my cousin. <laughs> he's right. There's the whole two degrees of separation, and we end up related to everybody. My husband was Raro Samoan, but he was whangai into a Raro Māori family, so we claim all sorts. Mm. Um, the young lady that you've got coming up on one of your Tullinors, um Rain. Yes. She's my my husband's my husband's cousin's daughter. Was at my twenty first. Um, at my 21st, at my 21st plus 39, at my, at my 60th. Louisa's father was at my 60th. So was she. Oh. Did you see her? Or she might, yeah, might have I gone before you got there. Her dad, Louisa's dad, is my late husband's cousin, oldest cousin. Mm. Louisa's father is. Yeah. Oh, Rain is amazing. 
She's so incredible. I'm I'm just so proud of her. Eh? She's going places. Yeah. She's going places. So, so Arija, so, okay, so no one, no one, there's no category. I don't do favourites. Um, <laughs> I love them all. But if, if I had to have a favourite, LAB, Catch a Fire, mm, Arija, Herbs, Mm. Herbs will always be up there, even though it's down to three members now and we're only acoustic and they're all in this close to 70s. Um, they'll always be up there for me. Um, who else? You know, when I first came from Samoa, I didn't know how to speak English. Yep. And the first... The first musician, brown musicians I ever seen on TV was the Herbs. Hi. First ever. And um, they were on RTR Countdown. Do you remember that? Yeah, yep. That's when I came from Samoa. And and it was it was Herbs and then it was Arija. Yep. And well, was- Arija, I was working in a club in South Auckland. It was called Cordova Nightclub. It became later became Away and now it's Oh in Ma- in Mangere. Yeah, Mangere <laughs> Town Centre. Up above. Yeah, yeah. So I worked there in nineteen eighty eighty one. What? And um they were in a talent quest. What? And they won it. Wow. They won the talent quest. And then at this in the same time frame. Herbs released their first album, What's Be Happened, and as part of that What's Be Happened album release, they did a show at the same club. So I met them then, the original. Now I'm talking the original Herbs, not the later editions, the original five members. Yeah, I love love them. Mm. When they got nominated for the Silver Scrolls and they had a reunion beforehand, so I was invited to attend that with one of the original members. He came over from Australia and so I went along with him because we'd been in touch over the years through Facebook. Mm. And so, yeah, he invited me to go. I took Alicia. They'd introduced her to the music scene. And... I mean, my husband never wasn't one to go out, so he'd go out. Uh, we'd go out and take photos and take videos, and take them back and show him, and he'd go, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, <laughs> and because he was too sick to go anywhere. He, he was very unwell. So, yeah, that was his way of seeing it was through my videos and photos. So. Aww. Who would have thought Apia Way? Wow. It was called Cordova Nightclub back in my days. And now, and then Apia Way. But still, to yeah. us, when we see that place, even though it's got a new name as well, we still identify it as Apia Way. As A Way. A Way. Crazy. And, it, you know, like it's, it's the same as Cleopatra's. I worked there for 1980. I was working at the Trust Tavern, Mount Wellington Trust, and Duke of Wellington, and then I was part-time working at Cleopatra's Nightclub. 
So after being at Court Overs, I went over to Cleopatra's, and that's where Arijar came in as resident band. So having seen them in 79, 80, when they just started, they then became resident band at the club that I was working at. And so, yeah, we used to hang out quite a lot. Wow. I remember when Betty Ann was pregnant with little Ryan, little Ryan, who's now big Ryan, but, um, yeah. That's crazy. I used to work with him at the Wananga. Right, uh, Kaitapu. Kaitapu. Yeah. Yeah, well, I was there when she, I mean, I wasn't there when she got pregnant, but, you know, like I was there when she was carrying him. So, wow. You've seen it all. I used to work in the kitchen at the clubs that I worked at, at Cleopatra's. I was in the kitchen. So they'd all come in there for their, their pre-dinner, pre, pre-show pre dinners, Annie Crummer. She used to come in when she did guest appearances. Mm and order shrimp cocktails. She used to love the shrimp cocktails we made. Oh, I love shrimp cocktails. So back in the days when I was working at Cleopatra's, we used to go to Otara all the time after a club. Um, half, the, half the patrons used to come and crash at my place because they were too drunk to drive home, so they'd come and sleep on the floor at mine or all over the couches. And then we'd go the next day out to Otara and play basketball. Outdoor basketball, outdoor netball, mm. um, out at the courts out there, go roaming, you know, south side. <laughs> and the south side clubs, I mean, there are no clubs in West Auckland. They have, that's all run by the, the trusts, so there's no clubs, there's no venues for musicians, so we have to go south to get any decent music. Yeah, you sure got around. <laughs> I shall call your episode. She gets around. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any last words for um, around mental health or any words that you want to share? Just just words of encouraging and words of inspiration, just, just in a small paragraph. Um, yeah, I guess if there's anything I want to say is if you're not sure, get it checked out. If you um, need an ear or whatever, I'm always available. I'm just online, Auntie Doors. Um, and, yeah, just stay up, guys. I know it's hard in this day and age, but if you can, there's always hope. There's always a light at the end of the tunnel. And if I need to be that light, then so, so be it. Mm, thank you. I really um, admire you and your strength. You know, you as a wahina tour in your own right, um, everything that you do for our artists out there, or just just being such just a beautiful person. To me, you're just you're amazing. You're awesome. And I love, you know, any moment that we get to hang with you or even when I see you out, I just love your energy. You have a beautiful energy. And I just want to say I'm so proud of you for fighting what you've been through and you know, nan nan, and <laughs> okay, okay. Just keep pushing and and keep being inspiring. You know, sometimes you know, for me as a single mom, I can't get out to shows. I can't get out to a lot of shows. It's so hard. Although I want, yeah. but you know, it's like people like yourself who you DJ Puto Fisa, who I really miss. Rest in peace to my brother. 
he always used to go live wherever he was and it was like where are you what show was this and and that's kind of how we knew that there was a show because there's people like you yeah he was a good man professor i mean he's yeah such a shock when we lost him such a shock yeah i was so devastated he he and we were supposed to work on some music two weeks before he passed away um we bumped into him at Mangare Bridge and he was like, sis, I'm doing what you're doing now. I'm ready. We're going to make some music. And then yeah. he was gone and I was like, what happened? But anyway, yeah. it's okay. We don't want to, we don't want it to end like with tears. We're going to end in a positive no. note and I know he's in a good place. I know he's, he's in a better place. Like a lot of our friends and our family. Your sister got yeah. a, your sister got a bit of work. What was that? A cricket landed. I could feel something biting my toe and it was a cricket. That's what, you know what, I could hear it. Every time I heard like these little clicks, I was like, what's that noise? A cricket was biting you. Yeah. It's a big black thing sitting on my toe. I was wondering what that noise was and I was thinking, I was looking around going, it's not me. (laughs) But um, thank you so much, Auntie Thors. For your You're time. welcome. It's been lovely chatting with you. And if this video gives anybody any hope and inspiration, then so be it. It will. I hope it, I hope it helps somebody. Oh, it will, definitely. It's going to help. It's helping me, you know. And if you see me out in the clubs or pubs, don't be shy to say hi. Oh, we won't. You'll know where to find her. She'll be pushing buttons. That's all I can share. <laughs> Oh dear. Love you, Hank. Love you too. Bye. Bye. Baby, baby, you and me have got that love that's crazy. It's crazy. It's amazing. It's amazing, y'all. When I'm without when you. When I'm without you. When, I, when I'm no without you. No one else will do. No one else. No one else will do. Huh. Yo, this crazy love feeling got me all blown like a leaf from an oak tree in winter snow. Floating over mountains, icy slope. Through icebergs of conflict, the energy's dope. And 99 problems we demote as we flow with trust and faith. Give it us hope. With this chance of love, we make it through the phone. Months apart alone, wonder if we're gonna last. Losing him felt like sand through the hourglass. But he's my boom back through the turbulence. Every song I wrote, every time I feel bad from the marrow. To my bone, to my lip, reach a cold Pumping love through my veins, feeling beautiful On stage, we'll be killing like some criminals Ride till we die, till we in the heavens above Even though he's giving me this crazy, crazy love Baby, baby, you and me have got that love that's crazy It's amazing when I'm without you No one else will do Yo, this caramel love be way straight on the daily Put me on a natural high, I'm smelling daisies The scent of you, got this lady feeling crazy Day and night, I'ma still be your lady I ain't myself, with these thoughts in the cloud Putting things in and out, in the wrong shelf Got this lady playing up so hard to step out Focus on these kids, they really need a feed now You got that 9 to 5, feels like a long time But your sweet smell reminds me of their good life And when we ride, it's a roller coaster ride all night You're the best thing that pops through my mind Feel so complete when you hold it tight
tight This grown up woman ain't that bugaboo type I ain't about the drama but it's okay to fry I'll let you cool down, everything will be alright Baby, baby, you and me have got that love that's crazy It's amazing 